Welcome to the Social Authority Podcast with Amy Schmidauer. That's me. This show is for you, a rising star in your industry, ready to produce your authority and share it with the world. Let's get started. What's up, socials? Welcome back to another episode of the Social Authority Podcast. This is your host, Amy Schmidauer, as that intro so eloquently explained, which makes this a little bit unnecessary. Hey, this is going to be a great episode of the podcast. I'm excited to have on a friend of mine from the internet. We have not met in person, but she has been very active as a member of the Social Authority Club. That's what she likes to call it. She likes to call it a club, which I was like, hmm, rebranding? No, it's the Social Authority Membership Group, my group coaching program. And we talk a lot about what she's working on. She's actually leveraging our membership group for feedback around her show on Blab, which is also where we recorded this podcast and also where I've been recording a lot of these podcasts. Something to think about if you are in the podcasting atmosphere or video podcasting atmosphere, because it's very easy to use Blab.im to get people in a room and talk. Not to mention, uh, Blab is definitely focused on making podcasting easier, collaborative Uh, podcasting specifically because they had acquired a a company called PodClear. They're very much, it seems, focused on making this a better experience for us podcasters. So really exciting, something to think about. Not what we're talking about today, but definitely recommend Blab.im because it just makes it so much easier. I detest recording on Skype. I don't know what it is. It just seems like there's always problems, Uh, but Blab has been wonderful to me actually used it for the Sunny episode last week and uh, the, the Jay Bear episode coming up next week. So stay tuned for that. Before we dive into this episode, and I should probably announce her name. I've let, done a lot of leading up at this point, but uh, before I even do that, because I've made you wait this long, let's give major props to our sponsor of the Social Authority Podcast, aweber.com, my friends over there who are the masters at email marketing. I don't know what I would do without them, but let me tell you, they've played a huge role lately, not only in my marketing, but in my teaching as well, because in the membership group, we just wrapped up a, uh, a boot camp called Big Sexy List, which is really cool because even though the members get to take it in real time, If you joined later, you could take it on your own time, which is really fun. It's just available in the library at socialauthoritymembership.com. But we went through all these steps of, you know, setting up an email list, but not just setting up an email list, actually setting it up so that people want to join it and learning how to create a lead magnet, how to deliver it efficiently, how to scale time in building relationships with your email subscribers, and uh, of course, promoting the list and selling to your list. So it was really, really great. And AWeber was a major part of that because I had to show people how they were going to set all this stuff up and what better way than to show them the back end of AWeber.com. So I actually showed them what I have working on my account just to give examples of how you want to set it up for yourself. So I don't, you know, it's, it's just so important to have a good tool and a good partner for these things. And AWeber has been exactly that. So if you 
Want to try AWeber.com for your email marketing needs? Go to SavvySexySocial.com slash AWeber. The link is also in the show notes. If you don't want to remember that, you'll be supporting the show and you will get 60 days totally for free in addition to their Getting Started Guide and on that page, a special note from me. I also have... Uh, an email marketing course at SavvySexySocial.com, how to get your first 500 email subscribers. If you're really just not ready to start because you don't know how you would even get people on that list in the first place. So what's nice is that you get that 60-day trial and then you also have a strategy, thanks to yours truly, to actually get people on that list so you can find out if it's even worth it for you, which it is. I promise. You just gotta start. So go to SavvySexySocial.com slash Aweber, and we appreciate that very much. I am very excited. This interview is with the queen of Blab, and the woman has an almost daily show on Blab, which is really, really awesome, where she celebrates excellence, and I I just love that because she's such a bright and shining star, and she does a great job of pulling that out of her guests. She's had some really incredible people on. I highly suggest you check her out. This interview is with the one and only Jenny Quinn. So let's get right into it. Very excited to have with me today the one and only host of the Daily Q show right here on Blab, where we, we are recording this podcast, where she interviews people who demonstrate excellence including myself. I think I've been on a couple times. She is rocking it on blab.im, Snapchat, and Instagram. It is the one and only Jennifer Quinn, better known as Jenny Q. What's up, girl? Hey. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you are here because I've been on your show and now you're on my show. I just feel like the love continues. (laughs) Can we talk about something very important? Of course. I hear you're the queen of blab. <laughs> Is that like discuss? Uh, yeah, yes. Tell me, tell me why. No, I'm ki- I'm kidding. You have like a daily show on this platform. That's uh, significant. That's a, that's yeah, so a lot. Let me address. Let me address the the queen of blab thing. Yes. How did this happen? Other than the fact that you're on here every day. So it's very. It, it's very. It's an honor. It's a community voted uh title and so what happened was some blab users decided to do a um a thing like uh you know in high school we would have the awards right for the most mm-hmm. likely to succeed or whatever and yeah. so they they collected nominations um for the different titles and then um i was voted queen of blab which really blew my mind and it's an honor and it's been super fun so I am observing that you don't have your Queen of Blab little emblem that goes around your avatar. Did, did you have? Did you guys give out these really cool like rings that you put? I, there's one popping up in the, yeah, yeah. In the props. And, oh, and they, they did have it. Oh, and cool. Amy, I think you'll appreciate this. They did have it. And I did actually use it for a few days. But because of branding across all platforms. Mm, let's one. go there. Let's go there. Because it does take up a decent amount of space on that little avatar that shows right. up. Right. So I had to I'll choose like where I was going to use Queen of Blab on every social network or stick with just my image. So true. So do you decide to opt out of the Queen of Blab then? Because the no, funny thing oh is gosh, that I hope not. No, 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 no. And I don't mean it that way. I just mean 
Blab is still very new, and the 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 amount of people on this platform compared to a lot of other social platforms is still very small. It's a very intimate network. So, do you find yourself more than anything explaining what Blab? Um, explain what Blab is on a regular basis. Like, do you have to tell people what you are using? Oh, for- do I have to? Oh, yeah, especially people who aren't in Blab. Like, I mean, even at uh, Periscope Summit that I just returned from, uh, which is now called Summit Live because they're incorporating all mm-hmm. uh, live streaming. Cool. Um, but even there, when I would talk to people, yeah, you know, what do you do? I have a show on Blab. What's Blab? Oh, well, and then I'd still have to explain it even in that in that world. Yeah. Do you feel like it's it's um, do you feel like mentioning blab is really important or do, could do you think you could just say like, oh, I have a, a daily show where I interview people on, you know, an online video platform or something like that? Does it seem like it's harder to talk about the platform it, or if you skipped it all together and just said, here's what I do. Maybe the platform is like that unnecessary detail, but if somebody got introduced to it that way because they wanted to see what you did, then all of a sudden it would be a little bit easier to talk about. I just feel like we always get caught up in the situation of like, oh, I'm doing my Periscope show this weekend or, you know, lucky for me, I can say I'm on YouTube. People actually know what that means. I don't know if that means I have any credibility in the mainstream world, but it's sort of like that barrier to entry that a lot of people in digital media end up having because we're on such niche platforms and it can be really great, but it can also be a little bit of an obstacle to be ex- be able to explain to somebody what it is that you do and that you do well. I even remember uh, at one point in time hearing Mike Stelzner talk about, you know, he's the founder of Social Media Examiner and and he could explain, explain a lot of things that might only make sense to you and me and people that are super in the industry, but to the rest of the world, he's like, I'm a publisher. Yes. You know, no, don't you find that to be interesting? Yeah. A hundred percent. So I just tell people that I interview, that I have a show where I interview people who've demonstrated excellence in their field. Yeah. I like period. And then if they say where it's on the internet, (laughs) have you heard of the internet? Okay, great. That's a good start. (laughs) Most people know where the internet is and how to find it. So true. I'm a big fan of the internet. Just added that to my Twitter profile recently, actually. Uh, So I want to talk about this demonstrating excellence in business. What were you doing before the blab show? And what made you want to start this? I mean, like, did the platform pique your interest that much that that's where this went? Or what what made you decide to shape your show around people demonstrating excellence? That's a great question. And let me answer it in part. So okay. what I was doing before this... Part one. Uh, Ready? Go. Part one. <laughs> part one. Do, what was I doing before this? Part one. Okay. Yes. So I could do A1, you know, like Q1, like in a Twitter chat. Q1. Yes. A1. Yes. Oh, now we're getting um, real niche. <laughs> so, I actually um, am a small business owner. I have a social media management company. Um, I was actually at a point where I was really deciding do I want to grow this business and hire employees? That's where it was. Or do I want to go a different direction? Because I didn't feel like I wanted to stay right where I was. I was doing everything, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, it was either time to launch and hire employees or not. And I just really have never wanted to hire employees. Right. Never, that just, I know some people love it and some people do great at it. It just isn't really my thing. And so about that same time, 
Um, you know, I found out about Periscope from Periscope. I found out about Blab. I hopped on Blab and literally the first time that I like, I'm looking at it right now, you know, and it just looks, it looks a little different now, but, and I was like, oh my gosh, I could interview people because I have always been fascinated at what makes people tick. Mm. I mean, um, you know, I just am always asking people questions like, well, you know, what about this? And what about that? And it's just the way I interact with people. And so, um, within six days of my first blab, I started the daily Q show. Cool. And I started five days a week and I saw the format and I saw everything. Right. And it hasn't really changed much from the initial format that I saw, Mm -hmm. but, um, I started five days a week and it was, I, what I didn't factor in was the amount of time in um, uh, the research and the prep and the scheduling and the communicating with the guests and the post-production and the, you know, and so um, in 2016, I've brought it down to three days a week. Um, and so that seems much more manageable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about that. We flipped places because I used to be three <laughs> days a week and now I'm five and you used to be five and now you're three. <laughs> Is yes. this a sign uh, uh, that I've made a terrible mistake? Or well, here, it gets even funnier, Amy. It gets even funnier. The reason I went down to three, well, it was I was watching one of your videos where you said that you used to, like a long time ago, you used to do five. Then you went to three and you chose Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday because you wanted the, instead of I Monday, like Wednesday, to work Friday. on the weekends. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so that's why I chose Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm like, that makes sense. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, And it sounded so good every time I said it. But the reality is when you're in small business, it's like you're never not working for whatever reason. So as much as I was saying, to be fair, you know, it's not that I didn't work and I definitely did. It was just that I wanted to reserve Mondays strictly for me. And a lot of that was producing the show. And so I, I love that you went that direction because you know what? It's a great way to just have that balance for yourself, especially since you said you're not hiring anybody. You have your small business, your solopreneur, you're very similar to me, ladypreneur, and you have a lot on your plate. So hosting a show every single day can be really difficult. I can batch and go you're doing a live show five right. days a week. It's a very right. different circumstance. And maybe the production is a lot easier on your end because you're popping on a platform and talking, but it's still a time obligation that is, I would imagine, very important to you and your audience because it seems as though you stick to the same time um, for the most part every, uh, on yeah. those days, right? It's for you, the most part. Or- mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part. The you know, If I have something that comes up, obviously I'll switch it. Sure. Or if a guest simply can't do it, you know, because I have people internationally. So yeah. if I have somebody from Australia on, we've got to switch the time. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So that that's good to know. I um it, that's fun. That's really fun. I guess I I hadn't I hadn't even found out that you were down to three days a week. And so that now I'm like, hmm, here we go. So do you think that your decision not to hire impacted that? And also, what does that mean for your work, your workflow on a regular basis? How are you how are you able to better use that time? And I know, as you're a member of uh, Social Authority membership, which is my group or my club, as you like to call it, <laughs> it's a club. <laughs> the club. Um, I know you were a big fan of that calendar blocking training yes. that we did. It seems like that was a really popular one. So I would imagine that that's been helpful. Super helpful. And the tips that you gave in that have really changed my life. Really? 
it's not sweet. just the tip. Can I get a tools. testimonial? I'm just joking. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But the tools, the tools, you know, because it takes a lot of time to research tools and find mm. the tools that actually work. And then to have somebody go on and tell you, oh, here's how you use it. Like, mm. yeah, that's, that's cool. That's yeah. cool stuff right here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious about your business and more specifically what you do to help your clients and how you demonstrate excellence in that capacity. So that's really interesting because I would have to ask you for clarification on that question because right now I consider myself having two separate businesses, right? So one of them being the Daily Q show mm -hmm. and the other one being my social media management show. It's not a show. Everything's, a show. Everything's a show. You're a show and you're a show. So, well then tell me, tell what's the business model for the daily Q? Okay. So the daily Q show, I um, guess, let me, let me clarify that because I saw the daily Q as your opportunity for brand awareness for the social media management company. So would you say that they're, they're pretty separate or do you not get business from the daily Q? That's a, see, another great question because of where I was when I started not wanting to necessarily grow the social media management business. I don't, I'm not leveraging what I'm doing online into that business at all. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in a major pivot right now. And so I'm taking, um, the daily Q show and I'm building that into its new entity. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah. what do you see as the opportunity there for it to become a revenue stream for you? Lots of things on the table. Um, I've been approached by people with a lot of different ideas. Um, I'm maintaining the um, the way. So so because of the way this started, with it being, gosh, I'm gonna get all woo woo on you. And, oh, and I, that's I know. Okay. But it's like I'm it, ready it, for it, really, it now. Thank you for okay. that warning. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was really, I kind of picture like it was to me, it was kind of like a vision or an intuitive hit or something. It was like, do this, do it now, do it this way. So what I'm doing is staying as connected to that feeling and that vision as possible. So when people are coming to me with different ideas and different options, they're all really, really good ideas but I have to stay connected with that knowing that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I'm, um, I'm taking, I'm, I feel like I'm in a learning phase to prepare and to build the foundation to grow to where this is going to go. Because I honestly don't have that vision. If I did have that vision, I'd share it with you. Mm -hmm. I just am getting a real clear sense that I need to, uh, stay, uh, stay on this path. So, there've been, I mean, there've been other, like, for example, Hey, what if you start uh, monetizing by teaching people how to use blab, teaching people how to interview, teaching people how to do this great ideas, but it doesn't resonate with the initial knowing. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's good because I think if you don't stick with that, um, just, it ends up being where your gut is truly because yeah. when, when you're in this world that you're designing around your life and it's a business that works with the life that you want to live, you have to be able to wake up every day and report to your boss, which is you. Right. And the worst thing ever is not wanting to wake up and go to work. The worst yes. thing ever is not yes. wanting to wake up and go to work for yourself. Like that's how you know something <laughs> is extremely wrong. And there, wrong. that happens to people all the time. It's, it, it's not about the down days. It's not about the, um, 
oh God, like just another day of uploading a YouTube video or doing some social media management. I mean, it, you still feel purpose and, uh, and know your why for why you do it. So you get up and you go and you do it. But if there's something that's like really, really wrong, it's that repetitive I don't even want to do any of that stuff anymore because you're losing the why you're losing the reasoning. And that's why it's so hard to get behind anything that seems like a really great idea at a moment. But if you haven't given enough planning and you don't really see the reason for doing it, it's just not going to pan out in the end. It's going to be one of those things where you're like, well, that didn't work. So, oh, well, I guess, you know, I'm just going to go do something else. Well, did you really know why you were doing it in the first place? So I do think that that's something that shouldn't be lost on anybody is, that you are sticking to what your gut says about what you should do there. Because, yes, I agree. And because um, it's entirely too easy to get distracted Mm. by great ideas. Yeah, Um, it is. What we've been doing doing on the show this week, I've been doing the um, Say Yes to Your Best in 2016. Mm. And I've invited people to talk about very specific – habits or skills or traits of those who excel. Mm -hmm. And what we've been talking about, you know, are like being decisive, taking action, um, making course corrections, things like that. We're like really chunking it down to talk about those things. And one of the repeated patterns that I hear is um, you've got to know, you've got to have that foundation solid and stick to it and keep coming back to that. Keep doing that check-in check-in. Does this align with my core value? Does this, is this going to take me to my, um, uh, ultimate goal? Because there are two entirely too many distractions and demands and requests that come in. Mm, Absolutely. Um, I have not been looking at, I have a lot of questions in the queue because we are, uh, no pun intended, because we are on Blab. And um, I don't usually take very many because I feel like I have so many, but Mitch Jackson asked a really, really good one while we're on the topic of the show. Based upon what you've learned from all your interviews, do you think there's a difference between excellence in business offline versus online? Are there different buttons owners, entrepreneurs need to push or focus on off versus online? What do you think about that? That is, thank you for putting that question up. Yeah, sorry. I I, I just keep learning every day I get on this platform. No, that's awesome. Awesome. (laughs) So that's a great question. Mitch always has such great questions. He is. He's so super smart, that Mitch. He should be on my show. (laughs) You should, should, he should be on your show. Mm -hmm. he, he, he's been on my show a couple of times. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like this. Yeah, exactly. So Mitch, this is an interesting question because I don't think that I've delved into discussing business offline and online. What we have covered is uh, the difference between business and personal life, right? Mm. And overwhelmingly what I hear from people who have excelled in their field is that they do not operate differently between business and personal personal. They do not make a differentiation between that. What they do is they carry the same uh, values, the same integrity, the same action, the same intensity, the same everything in personal and business. And I don't think that exactly answers your question, Mitch, but, um, but that's, where that's, I went with no, it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good point too, because I think offline, it ends up being very personal. And so that certainly does come into play. And I have, uh, I, 
I have brought this up before, um, and not to get super niche again, but in this industry where it's networking and marketing and a lot of you know like personal uh, connection. It's very easy for us to hide behind the computer, hide behind the Twitter, hide behind even blab a little bit. And then uh-huh. there are, and there are people that you'll meet in person, and for whatever reason, they are not the same people. IRL, and I don't know if that's an insecurity or it's just like you you forgot what you signed up for. And right. that's why I think it's so important to kind of notate that that whether it's business or personal life, online or offline, that consistency of who you are as an individual needs to be there because if what we're doing on social and online is truly effective, it's because it really represents, like you mentioned before, your core values and who you are and what you believe in and that you're not going to waver on that unless, you know, if you get, you're given a good reason to change your mind, you have the right to do that too. But I, that's what frustrates me the most. And I would say I probably come into contact with that even more than others because I live in YouTube land and there are so many people that got their start creating videos in a bedroom and uploading to YouTube. And then suddenly they were the most popular people on earth when they walked outside. <laughs> you know, it's, it is, wow. it's very, it's very interesting. I, I guess to, to tailor that a little bit, if I can chime in on this to Mitch, what I find interesting is when, you know, I don't like to think of everything as funnels, but sometimes it, it really is. And your personal connection with somebody offline should be treated like the personal connection you've made with somebody online in a lot of cases because their education is a little bit different. Very fundamental example of this, getting a business card from somebody at a networking event and then just throwing them on your email list. Terrible, terrible idea. (laughs) Don't do that. Because you've, you've actually made more strides with somebody when you met them in person than somebody that downloaded a lead magnet and got onto your list. So why would you take them back a notch and then put them there? Or completely alienate them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I do think it's, it is very interesting when you start to consider the different points online and offline of excellence and how you make that connection and, and, and making sure that you nurture the relationship in a way that's human, you know, everybody wants to scale everything. Everything wants to, everyone's automating and, and it's, it's so, it's not as sexy as I think it used to be. Hmm. So what do you, where, what's the future of your show? You've gone down to a couple days a week. Is, is, if it's not sending you more business and there's more opportunity in the show itself, what would you, like, what is your big vision for this show so that it will be the product that you want it to be? Yeah, that's a great question. And so that'll be for the next time that I'm on. Because <laughs> I, I honestly, if I knew the end game right now, um, I would share it with you. And I wish I knew it, but I keep getting the internal feedback. I don't know what the word is, the intuition, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing what I'm doing and and remain open, which is, you know, one thing that uh, you know, and I'm just I'm just taking it as it comes. Sorry, yeah. Amy. Sorry. No, that's Sorry. okay. That's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. So have you, I mean, it looks like your website looks a little bit differently than the last time I looked at it. Have you been updating that? What is, what, when somebody goes to the dailyqshow.com, what, what do you want them to do when they're there? So I'm hoping that they'll, they'll feel kind of invited in, Mm -hmm. right? And um, there's a different, a couple of different functions of the website. One of them being um, the watch live page. Mm -hmm. 
is important because people can then watch the show live and not have to go through Blab. That has been a barrier for uh, people who are not in this world that we're in. Yeah. Um, so every day, you know, when the show is on, I embed it into the website and people know they can just go there and watch it. And, um, and that has been good for people who are in this blab world and don't want to use a Twitter login to get into anything. They can still see it, still see the content. So that's one thing. Another thing is, um, as we're able to import the, um, the recorded shows bring that in and i want to add value there with the blog posts and the videos like what you're doing on your site yeah uh, yeah and then also there's a place where people if they know somebody who would make a great guest they can uh, send that in if somebody wants to be on the show they can send that in um so that you know they can do that Awesome. Yeah. I think that kind of goes back to our original point too, about this idea of, oh, it's so hard to get somebody um, through that barrier to entry if they don't know what Blab is. But if you go to the website and you have a live page, like that's like, that's super interesting to somebody that's like, wait, I can go to your website and watch you live on video. That's interesting. And now that now you're breaking down to some of those walls where you're like, okay, this is what, this is what the average viewer probably needs to hear. And I think that when we get so consumed, especially when we are building our own businesses with the tools and we're getting super smart about that stuff, it's not necessarily something we have to educate the end user on. All they need to be able to do is consume the content. So are you, um, do you email your list about your show on a regular basis or how does that usually work? Yes. So I have an email that goes out weekly about the guests coming up with like, if there's a theme for the week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then with very clear instructions on how they can subscribe to the show. And then also they get information that they can watch live by clicking this link. Um, I have a little bio of each of the guests, you know, and what the topic is. Um, so you're sending them to the blab specific pages. You're not necessarily using that watch live page in your emails. I'm doing both. You are? Yeah, I have both. I'm like, you have two options of different ways to watch the show. Cool. Um, Have you seen one do better than the other or is it pretty equal? Does it just depend? So on the email, the clicking to go subscribe to the Blab itself, that is the most uh, used Mm -hmm. method. Um, But what I'm doing with the watch live button is I do an automated tweet right at the very time the show starts. Mm -hmm. And I send that out, um, watch live now. Um, and so I've, I've noticed an increase, maybe double, if not triple of, of web viewers of live, live, easy for me to say live live web viewers since I've been doing that. So Mm -hmm. the tweet that's pre-scheduled, so I'm not thinking about it during the show. Right. Right. Um, but, but I'm not directing them to the blab. See, cause while we're on blab, if we send a tweet out, it brings them directly to blab. Right. And so if somebody isn't already, doesn't already have a profile on blab, then they, then they're stuck. They go, Oh geez. Now if I want to comment, you know, if I want to do anything, I've got to go through blab mm-hmm. and that will send people away. So I send them directly with that automated tweet. I send them directly to the watch live now page on my website. So that does a number of things right it reduces the the uh the trouble of just watching um but also it gets people onto my website on that page of the watch live you see the weekly um theme with all the guests that have been on that week and then just below that is subscribe to 
um, my email for this free download on live streaming tips. Yeah. And so they're on my page. They're hanging out. They're watching a show. They're looking around. Like it. I like it. And I love how you thought about that because like we were saying, for the brand new viewer, keeping barrier to entry low, just getting the content quickly don't worry them with logging into Blab. Just get them to the content. And that is really awesome for that Watch Live page. Great, yes. great advice. Jenny Q, any final words of wisdom as the queen of Blab and the interviewer that everybody knows here on Blab.im? If somebody wanted to get started on this platform with their own interview show, what would be your biggest piece of advice for them? Um. So if they wanted to get started, I would say start with people that you're very comfortable with. Don't do any promotions. Just do a few to get used to the feel. Um, you know, but that's after you've been on Blab for for a while. I mean, at least get to know the a yeah, few of the functions. But you don't, but don't, but then the other side of that is don't wait till you know it all. Just right. get in there and learn as you go. And ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. People are willing to help. People want to help. Um, people, um, we've, uh, every single person who's on Blab started at one point and had to ask those same questions and somebody was there to answer them. I'm always blown away by the really, really just adventurous people who, or I feel they're adventurous, are on blab.im for the first time ever and hop into the seat somewhere and they're like, I know. Hey, I've never been here before. Today's my first day. Tell me what to do. And just anyone that I ever watch on Blab, when that happens, they're immediately like, let me hug you and tell you exactly what to do. And I just love yes. that about this environment. So Thank you so much for your advice. It makes so much sense to me that you would have such an amazing show on such a cool platform. Very excited for what the future holds for Blab. Um, I'm just, I personally would love it if they'd come out with some private format so that I can use it more, um, even in the membership group. I just love the layout of this site and how everything works, but we shall see. I'd even pay for it, Blab. Come on. Uh, <laughs> but thank you so much. I'm going to pop the link to your website, thedailyqshow.com, in the show notes so they can all check you out. And you're, of course, Jenny Q on Twitter and Blab. Thanks for being here, Jenny. Yes. Thank you so much, Amy. This has been a treat and an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Go jump into the show notes, check out Jenny, give her props for sharing her story with us today at Jenny Q on Twitter and on Blab. And make sure you support our sponsor, AWeber, by going to SavvySexySocial.com slash AWeber. I will see you on the next episode of the Social Authority Podcast.